stone vet. I hit the ground running when I'm invading your country. Instill with honor and discipline. Throw my guns like onyx. Dressed in camo with ammo. For every situation I handle, they got us marching. This- What's up, guys? Sergeant G here from the Stone Vet USMC. I'm glad to be here with you guys, man. Coming close to the end of the week, right? This is one of the greatest things about the end of the week that I love about the end of the week is that I get to bring on a brother and a sister, right? Another advocate of this amazing plant that I keep vouching for and keep telling you guys about the medicinal benefits of a plant, right? I'm super excited to be here with you guys today, man. I got a great guest that's coming on to tag it on with me today, man. I want to give a huge shout out to my sponsor, Rafa 180. Rafa 180 provides you the best medicinal grade CBD on the market. That's 100% THC free. You guys know if you're like me and you get drug tested on a regular basis like myself, you can't have THC in your system, right? And we all know it, it depends on your body type, of course. But, I mean, if you, if you smoke cannabis, it usually lasts about 30 days in your system, depending on your makeup. And so and I know what it's like to be high, and I love being high. Why? Because it helps me relax and enjoy myself. But if you are somebody that has never consumed cannabis, man, it's definitely something to look into, especially if you, if you don't get drug tested, it's definitely something to look into. But you also have to incorporate a good CBD, a good cannabidiol product with your THC consumption, right? Because then you get that perfect harmony that I keep talking about on a regular basis with you guys, man. Go check out Rafa180.com. That's Romeo Alpha Papa Hotel Alpha180.com to get all your medicinal grade CBD needs. And depending on how you're looking at it, if you're on your mobile device, some little three buttons over there, if you click those buttons, you'll see my tab, the Stone Vet. Click the tab and go get you some new swag, man. I got tank tops. I got t-shirts. I got cups. That keep your drink nice and cold. Mine's nice and cold right now while I'm here doing this interview. Because you know me, man. My throat get all scratchy and dry when I'm talking because I talk too much, you know. But it keeps my drinks nice and cold. And like if it's like if you if it's here in Oklahoma, it's hot. Wherever you at, I don't know how hot it is, but here in Oklahoma, it's mad hot, dude. And so, go over to Rafa180.com. That's again, that's Romeo Alpha Poppy Papa Hotel Alpha180.com to get all your medicinal grade CBD needs. You check out with the Stone Vet USMC, you get 15% off your entire purchase. Order $75 or more, and you get free priority shipping to your front door, dude. That's two day shipping right to your front door. So, that's not bad, dude. That's like Amazon, dude. Awesome, awesome stuff, man. Look, do you guys see this, right? You guys see it if you're watching on YouTube, right? Right there. Winner, right? Winner. Winner of the Top Marine Corps Podcast from the Veteran Podcast Awards 2021, man. The season is here. The season is now. Veteran Podcast Awards has opened up August 8th through September 18th. Voting has opened. There are two categories, Top Overall Podcast and Top Marine Corps Podcast. You guys see it. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you guys see my awards, right? This beautiful crystal right here is from Chronic Palooza 2022. I won this this year. Why? Because of you guys that are listening to my show on a regular basis voting because you guys know I am the best at what I do. And then down here, the little Warhammer. This is a 2021 Veteran Podcast Award winner, right? Top Marine Corps Podcast. This is what I got. I'd love to be able to stack two more of these on top of each other, but I can't do it unless you guys are getting over there to vote. Go over to Veteran Podcast Awards. I'll have the description down below or however you listen to this. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon, Google, however you listen to your podcast, I'll have it in the description box. I'll give you the hyperlink so I make it a lot easier for you. All you do is click it. And just scroll for the Stone Vet USMC. You click my name, and then you submit your votes, dude. Let's bring home some more awards, man. 
I'm super excited today, man. I am super, super excited. I am bringing on another amazing advocate of cannabis and how it's saving them and how they have found the medicinal benefits of how this amazing plant has helped them try to live a what you call what we call a normal life right being able to go out and skateboard being able to go out and freaking ride bicycles go on walks be able to live a normal life that majority of people do on a regular basis man how you doing sir how you doing today i'm doing great thank you so much for having me I'm super excited here. So, so Sarah here has started a. It's a nonprofit. Is that correct? That's correct. Called Operation Truth, and she can tell you the rest. Operation Truth. Go ahead. Vaccination exposure research. Expose vaccination exposure research. Oh, so this is something definitely that we all want to hear about, right? Vaccination exposure research, especially with the new crap that has came out, right? I know everybody has seen the new CDC guidelines and guidance that came out in regards to this whole COVID vaccination, right? They're saying now that regardless if you got the vaccine, if you did get it or if you didn't get it, you guys are still equals is what they're saying now. So it makes you wonder, huh, how important was this vaccine, right? And so Sarah's got a hell of a story, dude. We've, we've touched base. We've talked. We, I mean, she's a busy woman. She's on all kinds of podcasts right now trying to get the word out because of what her mission is and what, her, what, what has happened to her while serving in the military. Sarah, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much again for having me on the show. I just want to say, man, I love your energy. I love what you're doing for the community, not just veterans, but cannabis community as well. And for our patient community. And it's so important that we continue to bring the education to the public so that they are aware of just the amazing medicinal properties that this plant has and why. And so for my story, who I am, my name is Sarah Boyd. I was born and raised in a small town in Washington State called Cedro Woolby. It was a, originally a logging town, and when it, they stopped logging, kind of turned into one of those communities that everyone breeds and continues to grow their family, but there's not a whole lot of job opportunities uh, for a career. So. When I was growing up, I decided at the age of 15 that I was going to join the military for their college fund so that I could gain, a, you know, funds to go to college and a career. What I didn't know that I would actually want to make the military my, my own career and continue um, down that path instead. So I did originally join the Army at the age of 17 in the delayed entry program back in 1997 when I was a junior in high school. So upon completion of high school in 1998, I went off to basic training in Fort, at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And um, that's where I started to have a lot of my chronic illness issues, which I didn't even realize at the time. When I was young and, and dumb, like most of us are, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize what I was signing up for. So I took the ASVAB like any other test I did as a dyslexia student and just got <laughs> and, and so I had three choices going in the Army, uh, fuel supply, cook, or a mechanic. So I decided I would go and as a fuel supply specialist 
And that's what I did back in 1998. After Fort Jackson, I went to Fort Lee for um, continued AIT. And unbeknownst to me, this was a, another uh, thing I had no idea that the military did, was even though you signed a contract, they can add or take away from that contract. And so what they did is they added me in an additional skill identifier. So while all my fellow service members were off to their first duty stations, I went off to an additional training site at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, otherwise known as Fort Lost in the Woods, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Everybody knows about Fort Leonard Wood. Even in the Marine Corps, we we got our, our a lot of our heavy equipment mechanics and stuff like that. They go to Fort Leonard Wood out there to 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 operate heavy heavy machinery and stuff like that. And that's one of the places everybody's yeah, yeah Fort Lost in the Woods for 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 it's, it's just hor it's just one of those horrible places. You're just like golly, dude. I hope I never have to end up in that place. <laughs> And luckily, I was only there for two months, but it was during the worst winter time of the year. Oh. And they still had us march in the, on the ice and run on these hills. So I got through that, and I, I gained my truck driving skill set. I went to my, my first duty station at Hunter Armor, Army Airfield in Georgia, the best first duty station anyone could get as a young soldier. Um, I met another service member who was in the Army, and we got married and started a family back in 1999. Um, and then uh, we decided to get out of the Army, so both of us got out in 2001. I got out about six months before 9-11 hit, and that's when we both decided we were going to go back in. So my husband at the time and I both went back in the army in October of 2001. And um, I went in as an administrative specialist because I didn't, I never worked in fuel. I always was in the office. So that was my skill set of the three and a half years that I spent in my first tour. So I went back in as an administrative specialist and I landed an amazing job working at the first four general staff. I worked for a three-star, a two-star, a one star and the top command star major of first four and Fort Lewis. So I, it was an amazing opportunity. I worked there for two and a half years until I became pregnant with my second daughter. And that's when I was moved to a new position. But while working on the general staff, I was able to go to Thailand and do a Cobra gold exercise for a month. And that was an amazing experience. Yeah, Cobra uh, Gold is always a fun, It's that's always a fun deployment. That's always a fun one to get involved with. Very easy for service members to get in trouble. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, things of that nature. Um, but it was a great time. And then when, as an administrative specialist, I worked in that field for about four to five years as an E4P, trying to gain that next level of skill sets and become a leader um, officially as an E5. Um, unfortunately, in the military, you know, we get promoted based on scores and points, not on right. skill set and position. And so I went back to school and raised my GT score, and I ended up being able to uh, choose any job in the Army. Um, they wanted me to be a linguist. That was really something that I had a lot of openings at the time. 
And so I decided to go counterintelligence instead. So I became a counterintelligence special agent through Fort Huachuca's training in 2006. Okay, man. So, so yeah, you're like another, I know I had Leah Day not too long ago, and I think she was counter counterintelligence as well. And I'm like, you guys are super smart to be able to, I mean, see, I'm, I was an engineer. I spent nine years as an engineer. I worked on heavy equipment. I worked on diesel engines is what I worked on. You guys tell me, yeah, dude, I went in. I, they told me I could be a linguist or a, a counterintelligence specialist. And I'm like, you guys are mad smart to be able to do something like that. <laughs> Give me a wrench and a hammer. I'll go fix something, you know? <laughs> so, so you, so you were in for some time then, right? Your first enlistment, you, what'd you do? Did you do the four or five years the first time? And then you signed up for was, another four? Yeah, I was just shy of my four years. And then after 9-11 happened, we came back in. I signed up for another four, but then I just, I re-enlisted to go counterintelligence um, for a $16,000 bonus, which was nice. <laughs> and um, after completion of my uh, counterintelligence training, I got I came down on orders to South Korea. And throughout my 10 years that I was on active duty, uh, I had a lot of chronic illness-related issues and injuries. I had two permanent profiles, one for no running, um, which as a leg in the army, you know, that's what we do. That's right. that's how you get promoted. That's how you're seen as a vile leader. And so um, there was a lot of times that I had to adjust fire, adapt and overcome. And I, I showed them that I was leadership material without being able to run and lead a unit in that manner. Um, in addition to that, I had what's called Raynoid's phenomenon. And so my body was unable to control its temperature as a result of a, a hyperactive capillary syndrome. And so while I was in, I was able to wear any type of medical gear or excuse me, um, like cold or weather gear. So as we all are aware in unit, we have to be dressed right dressed. And so a lot of those times when other soldiers didn't wear that cold weather gear, I was able to. And then of course I, couldn't stand in the unit unit because of you know the nature of what we're trying to achieve and that's dress right dress and I just wasn't part of that and so I was a bit ostracized as a result of my chronic illness and I you know I had to adapt and overcome a lot I still was able to go to primary leadership development course I became an E6 um, but I was forced to medically discharge while I was still in Korea. They sent me back to the States to go through the medical board process at Fort Lewis. And what we found out later, it was as a result of a vaccine injury and what the VA believes to be the cause of, as a result of the anthrax vaccine. But yet we won't know without further research. Of course, of course. And that's one of the biggest things. That's why you are, have gotten into what you're doing now, right? And everybody knows, you guys that have been in since 2001, right? That's one of the biggest vaccines that they pushed for us in 2001. Because I remember I joined in January of 01 before 9-11 ever happened. I, know, I didn't think I was going to ever go to war. I was just going to join the military, like you said, college and get me out of where I'm at. That's where a majority of people that join the military, I try to tell my son this, right? I tell my son, a majority of people, there's only two people that really join the military, those that want to get out of where they're at and those that want to go in because their daddy or their grandpa or somebody was in the military and they want to go and, re, you know, help spread, spread that, 
spread that uh, heritage that they got in their family, right? I said those are the only two type of people who meet in the military, dude. The, those trying to get out of where they're at and those that want to carry on the heritage because they had a family member that was served in the military. I said people don't join the military because they want to join the military. They, 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 they just don't, right? And as of recently, they said it's getting a lot harder to get people to join the military nowadays because a lot of people are like, dude, I ain't doing that crap. There's no freaking way, right? And I tell him, I said, dude, that's my reason. That's the reason I joined because I had to get out of where I was at because where I was going was just a bad, bad freaking place. It was just bad, you know. And so and he's like, I told him, I said, go to school, go get an education, go do something. Like right now he's in trade school. He wants to be a welder. I said, dude, you'll never need to join the military. You become a welder, you'll never need to join the military, dude. You can travel the world as a welder and you'll always have work. Everybody needs a good welder, you know. And so Absolutely. you guys, you guys that are that, that have served our country that are listening in on the show, how many times have you guys been given the anthrax shot, dude? I can tell you, I've been given it. To, it's been given to me multiple freaking times. Why? Because, oh, we lost the record. Oh, there's no documentation in your service record jacket. Oh, there's no. And you're like, dude, I just did this. You know, I just I literally just did this. And we all know there's a step process the first ones and then you got to go in for your second and then the third or whatever else, you know. And for you, you came back into service because you wanted to serve the country because we went back to war. We went to war and you wanted to serve the country. And you come in and you get this anthrax vaccine, right? And well, go ahead. No, uh, and, and then now, now you're dealing with some of the consequences, the side effects that nobody really tells you about, right? Right. Unfortunately, um, I was given the anthrax vaccine um, as early as in my career as 98. I don't have those records from basic training, but I did start having uh, those complications and side effects within 30 to 60 days of that first inoculation period while still in basic training. I didn't, I feared that if I went to the doctor um, that I would be kicked out. So I waited till I was done with basic training and all of my training to go see the doctor. But it's still in my records. Um, I did, I was forced to go to, um, what's the thing in the morning before physical therapy? Anyway, to go see the doctor. And that's when they first Sick saw. Sick call, thank you. And that's when they first uh, saw my swelling. And I had two, I had um, both of my legs were quite swollen and I had no ankle definition. And I remember in basic training, we had to graduate with our uh, pumps and skirts. All the females wear our skirts and pumps. And so you could see my legs and each one of my service members were asking like, what's wrong with your legs? Why do you have so much swelling? What's going on? And so upon that time of my health journey, they thought it was what they called tibial tendon dysfunction. And that's what they treated me for. But unfortunately, it never went away. And it continued to get worse. And the swelling creeped up um, the upper part of my legs to the upper body and to my arms. And then that's when we discovered in 2012 through the Texas VA system that I had lymphedema. And that's where the vaccine injury started for me. It was clear back in 98 when that swelling occurred, it was causing a severe adverse reaction to the lymphatic system, which is our first uh, fight. Our immune system is part of the lymphatic system. And so that goes to show that, yes, I understand that not 
all uh, you know, correlation equals causation. But through this pattern of behavior and uh, what the VA and war-related injury and illness study center is seeing, not just in myself, but in multiple other patients, is this pattern of behavior where it attacks the lymphatic system first, and then it continues to have uh, dysregulation and adverse reactions throughout all of our body systems. And that's why cannabis is such a great therapy for chronic multi-symptom illness, because what cannabis does through the endocannabinoid system is balance that critical homeostasis that our bodies are always trying to achieve, whether it's our neurotransmitters, our hormones, our inflammation process. And uh, I could I, I could go on and on about the amazing benefits of cannabis therapy. But going back to the anthrax shot, during 97 to the first part of 2000, the anthrax vaccine immunization program was set in place, making 100% of all service members get the anthrax vaccine. Um, we weren't technically at war with any countries, but there was a biodefense um, level scare. And I don't know if you recall, but in the early 2000s, there was anthrax in the mail, and there yeah, was a yeah. big in the public that there was going to be some type of biodefense weapon used here in, in uh, America. So they started to inoculate all service members from 97 to early 2000s. And that's when I first got my first set. And then Congress came into play when all of these service members decided, you know, I'm not getting this anthrax vaccine. Mm -hmm. And as a result of refusing, they were being court-martialed. In Congress, the 106th Congress stepped in, Bernie Sanders was on the panel and said, what is going on? Why are our, our service members refusing this vaccine and getting court-martialed? So the 106th Congress did an investigation, determined that the manufacturer of the anthrax vaccine was doing unclean practices. They hired the Tulane University to determine uh, further investigating the um, chronic illness patients or both for illness patients that were exposed to the anthrax vaccine during this time period. And they discovered that all of the Gulf War illness patients had squalene in their system. And so that's what prompted Congress to do further investigating to the manufacturer. They determined that at that time that the manufacturer had unclean practices and somehow these certain lots were tainted with squalene. So what we know about the squalene adjuvant is that it is not authorized by the FDA to be used in any vaccinations here in the United States. We know oh. that squalene, go ahead. No, I was just saying, oh, the FDA, right? The FDA. It's like I tell people that I've been talking to on the show recently is that they just had the first hearing for the, the Cannabis Authorization Opportunity Act, right? They just had the first hearing and they said that the FDA hasn't done any medicinal research to see there are any medicinal benefits to cannabis. I said, the FDA.gov, the government hasn't done research on a freaking plant because why? I can tell you why they haven't done research because you still have a classified as a Schedule One drug. They already said they can't do any research on it because it's classified as a Schedule One. And if you guys would take it out of that category, they can conduct research. 
like Israel has done, like the UK is doing. These countries are doing research on it on a daily basis and already have scientific evidence showing the medicinal benefits of cannabis and cannabinoids and what they can do for the human body. But what, they're not American doctors, so you don't take their word for it? Is that is that the situation that we're dealing with right now? Because there's thousands of research studies that have been done that have shown, right? And for you, I mean, with the situation that you're in, right, you suffer from some major health issues now, right, from getting this, this anthrax shot, correct? That's correct. And so with, with, with the health issues you're having, tell the audience exactly because they are telling you that there is no, what are they telling? There's no evidence that is from anthrax, but doing the research that you've done, that's the only thing that you can actually see. Is that correct? Well, it depends on who you talk to, who denies and denies and um, gaslights. But when it comes to the VA, we got about 30% of the VA staff that are fully aware of what Gulf War illness or what is now, now called chronic multi-symptom illness really is and who benefit who can benefit from the you know the benefits that we have with the registry and the research that is conducted through the risk center. So um, with that being said, it all depends on who you talk to. And I've I've been through a lot since 2008, becoming a veteran. I've been seen through the Washington, Michigan, and Texas VA systems. I've been through the war-related injury and illness study center at through Palo Alto, California, just recently in these last two weeks. And I can tell you that the risk, which is the most important part of this whole process of understanding Gulf War illness, because they've been researching it since the early 90s do and understand uh, admit that vaccines do cause injury and that when it came to my case that my chronic multi-symptom illness was undoubtedly caused by vaccine injury but until we have that critical medical research that our u.s government refuses funding for we'll have no idea which vaccine has caused it or if it was a series of multiple vaccines at once, I have on record within a 40-hour, 40 48-hour period going to Korea, two anthrax vaccines and a smallpox, in addition to Japanese encephalitis and multiple other vaccines that we had to get to go to Korea. So it could be the fact that my body just couldn't take all of those vaccines at once. But what we do know with research multiple research to the National Institute of Health and many other organizations is that vaccines do cause injuries in some patients. And we are seeing absolutely. that. And oh, absolutely. Only- absolutely. And I mean, I completely agree with you because like my wife, my wife herself, she's a naturalist as well. And that's one of the things like I got seven children, right? And not all of them, like none of them got vaccinated. Like, you know how people are like, the doctor's always like, you got to get your kids vaccinated. I said, for what? You know what I'm saying? Before, when, when kids were born a long time ago, it was like four vaccines. And now you're up to like 25, 26 vaccines. And you're like, for what? Like, why am I going to do it? And like you, point in case, right? Point in case for yourself, you got vaccinated. And you're like, look, 
you know and now you're saying that the government doesn't want to provide funding but god forbid we could we send 80 billion dollars to another country that doesn't benefit the u.s by any means let alone put a billion dollars into a research project to see if vaccinations are really as bad as we as we feel they are right because a lot of people don't understand right a lot of people are like, oh you're not gonna get vaccinated why don't you just get vaccinated you're in the military if I would have known what I know now, I wouldn't have got vaccinated when I was in the military. I would have told them to go screw themselves, too. You know, I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, no. Right. But I didn't know that. I was 17 when I joined the Marine Corps. I was doing what I was told. I was a kid. I didn't know no difference, you know. And so and I think that's a lot. That's the biggest thing. Right. That's the biggest struggle that we have, regardless with cannabis, with medicine, with anything. Right. Is educating our community and allowing them to have a better understanding. Look. There's a time and place for Western medicine, right? But if you don't understand plant-based natural holistic healing, holistic healing has been around for thousands of years. Like the Egyptians were using this. Like thousands of years ago, they used natural remedies. They didn't have a pharmacy where they go, hey, you got muscle relax? I need to take a muscle relax. My back's killing me. Uh, I can't sleep, right? No. They used plant-based medicines that they were able to grow where they lived to help treat different ailments, knee sprains, back aches, muscle spasms, headaches, dehydration. They had all kinds of natural remedies, right? And you guys, this is what I tell you guys about. This is why I'm so passionate about this podcast to be able to do this, right? Because nobody's doing this. You can listen to a thousand. There's a million podcasts out there. There's a million veteran podcasts out there, dude. But nobody's coming to you to help educate you and help provide you an understanding of freaking natural healing, right? You got podcasts about people just talking crap and this and that, just everything else that's going on. But nobody is bringing you information like this about natural remedies, natural healing, understanding how plant-based medicines can treat the same things you're already suffering from. I talk to you guys on a regular basis. Some of y'all are taking between 10 to 30 to 40 pills a day to live this so-called normal life, right? Because we all suffer. One of the biggest things we suffer from is PTSD. We suck at it. I mean, me right now, I'm currently taking an antidepressant and a mood stabilizer right now because I haven't been able to use cannabis for over two years now. I've been on a tolerance break for almost two years, right? I'm almost done with my tolerance break. I got about 70 plus days or so left and I'm going to be done with my tolerance break. But this is one of the things I tell you guys, man, is that if you can understand how to use plant-based medicines, I mean, how many of you guys, how many of you guys diffuse oil in your home? How many of your spouses have a diffuser? I guarantee 90% of the people listening to the show use a diffuser in the house. Right, Sarah? A lot of people use diffusers, right? Essential oils. Essential oils. Right? You know, the essential oils, you know why the essential oils smell so good? the terpenes that are in the freaking oils <laughs> you know and if you guys have been listening to my wednesday episodes i've been breaking down every terpene on a weekly basis i go through a new terpene on a weekly basis to help educate you guys why because you guys are already using these terpenes you guys are already using these terpenes and now i'm trying to enlighten you to be like wow it did make me feel a little bit better oh wow i never noticed that before but now he's talking about it I think I do feel some some comfort using this stuff, right? And the cannabis just enhances it even more, right? And so with your with with your mission now, Sarah, I mean, a lot of people are like I'm sure you're coming across a lot of people who probably laugh at you and be like, "No, you don't know what you're talking about," right? 
we would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Unfortunately, yes. And as a result of this COVID misinformation that has came out these last couple of years, more than half of my family has refused to talk to me, refused to (laughs) come around to them, and truly feel that I'm going to get them sick. They don't believe that I'm vaccine injured, even showing them the evidence from our own VA that I was diagnosed with vaccine immunoglobulin antisera adverse reaction, fancy way of saying vaccine injured, from our own (laughs) government entity VA, admitting that vaccines injure and giving me a diagnosis, they still refuse to acknowledge that vaccine injury, vaccines cause injury and that I am vaccine injured. And it's unfortunate that our government continues to place this misinformation out there so they can achieve their herd immunity status, knowing damn well that vaccine causes, causes injuries and we can't put all our eggs in one basket, expecting everyone to be able to use this vaccine product and be safe uh, from these different antigens. We need to do a better uh, job as a nation understanding the immune system and how important it is to not uh, place everything into one vaccine thinking that it's a cure-all for everyone and everything. If we look at our veterans and we really study how many vaccinations our veterans have received, you would think (laughs) we'd be fucking here, we would be superheroes. Right, 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 right. Look at how sick our veteran community is. And it's not just from our environmental exposures of war, it's environmental exposures across the board. Toxic environmental exposures come in many forms, whether it's injected in a vaccine, whether it's breathed in through the air, whether it's through water contamination at Camp Lejeune and several other posts. There are a plethora of, of toxins that cause chronic multi-symptom illness, and the VA has determined what some of those are. You can find them at the VA's public health website, and for yourself, there's just so many different toxins that cause chronic multi-symptom illness. And as you were saying about modern medicine, modern medicine was derived from plant-based medicine. And so we really need to get back to that plant-based medicine protocol, that individualized healthcare protocol, so that we can truly understand from an individual cellular level how we can combat these antigens and keep each individual safe. It's all about herd immunity, and it's unfortunate that our medical community has placed this misinformation out there as a result. We only need, I believe it's like 60% of the population to be vaccinated in order to have herd immunity. And that's just for the vaccinated portion of herd immunity. We can also gain herd immunity through natural uh, um, antigen-based 
inject or not injection, but you know what I mean? Like if you get sick from COVID or whatever, you have those antigens built up in your system. And so you have that immunity. It might not be wrong depending on how, you know, how your system works, but it's all about individual healthcare and getting back to that healthcare model, getting away from this modern medicine type of putting everyone in the same basket, thinking that one thing is gonna work for everyone. As a vaccine injured patient, it says right on the CDC's website, I'm at risk. I cannot get any of their adjuvant vaccines and the COVID vaccine is an adjuvant vaccine because of the nature of what it is. They had to place an adjuvant into the substance of ingredients to make it actually more effective, to make it work for the body to understand that that's an antigen that it needed to reproduce um, and fight against. And so when we have these adjuvants placed in these vaccinations, we already know that adjuvants like the squalene causes chronic multi-symptom illness in, in animal models. They use the squalene adjuvant to chronic illness so that they can then test their pharmaceuticals on them. So this is this is all research and knowledge that you can go to operationtruth.net and get more educated on. You don't want to believe me, you don't need to. Read up on this research <laughs> and understand that everything I'm saying is coming directly from this research. And oh, it's absolutely it's, Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things I tell my audience, guys. You guys know when you guys are listening on my show, I tell you guys, take everything I'm telling you with a grain like a grain of rice, dude. Do your own research. Go and see, is this truth or are they are they blowing smoke, right? Are they blowing smoke or are they actually telling me some truth with all this, right? Because I mean there's a lot of different resources out there. Like I tell you guys about the endocannabinoid system. You don't believe me about the endocannabinoid system, you can go to NIH.gov, a government website, and it will tell you everything about the endocannabinoid system. You have an endocannabinoid system. You have to learn how to replenish your endocannabinoid system. You can only replenish your endocannabinoid system with cannabinoids. Where do you get cannabinoids? From cannabidiol. Cannabidiol and cannabis. That's where you get your cannabinoids to replenish your cannabinoid system. And your cannabinoid system does plays a huge role in the way you are, how you're feeling, things that are going on in life. It plays a massive role in it, man. So, so Sarah, now, now you've gotten out and you started this nonprofit called Operation Truth, right? Because you're, 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 you're debunking these vaccinations and coming out and speaking the truth about them in regards to. So I'm sure you've been, you've been plenty of busy, especially with this COVID vaccine that just came out recently, right? Absolutely. And as a result of the misinformation, um, a lot of our social media platforms have placed myself and my organization on their list of misinformers. We are not only ostracized from society through policies that were put in place, but we're also suppressed. Uh, any information that we try to get out on social media, they want us to change our verbiage so we can get past the algorithms, and I refuse. I'm vaccine injured, and if that it makes it too difficult for your narrow mind to understand, that's too bad. I'm not going to change my verbiage so the algorithms can push it out. Um, I understand that that's probably hurting Operation Truth and trying to get some of those followers, but I'm not a clickbaiter. 
as a uh, a creator, I create truth, and I, right. it's that what I put out has reputable resources that can prove without a doubt that evidence that is backing up my claims. And it, it's truly unfortunate that as a patient, I would have to do that at all. I shouldn't have to come out and say, all right, everyone, this is what I have, and I need you to be compassionate about it. That is not a patient's job. That's the medical staff's job. That's our government's job. They are out there instead putting out misinformation, much like they did during the AIDS pandemic, of saying that the vaccine injured are dirty, that we're causing this COVID spread, that we should be ostracized from society. And they did that. And it's no, unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, with what you're doing, what you're missing and everything that you're doing there with Operation Truth, I mean, it has to be exposed, right? As a country right now, you guys that are listening on the show, as, as a citizen of this country, we're tired. We're tired of the nonsense. We're tired of the lying. We're tired of the corruption that's being conducted in our country right now. And we're all aware of it. And for me, the big, the biggest thing that upsets me, it's like all the information is there, but nothing's being done. Right. Like you, I'm sure that's how you feel. Right. With, with all the information you're providing, like all the information's right here coming from legitimate sources. But you guys don't want to listen to it. What really is disheartening. And I'm glad that the PAC got got passed. I'm glad that Camp Lejeune was able to get their benefits. And I'm ecstatic that our goal for our illness um, demographic and research has reached what it has since the early 90s. But it's unfortunate that they are not willing to look and listen at this piece as well. I mean, even though the VA is admitting that vaccine injury ca that, that causes chronic multi-symptom illness in some patients, the U.S. government refuses to acknowledge that. Our medical staff across the board refuses to acknowledge that. I've tried to contact the WHO uh, to try to, you know, get anyone to listen, and it's just crickets. I was able to contact the CDC. I was working with an, or an individual through that means, but she was stopped. She was stopped from her own uh, um, staff. And so we've, we've hit a lot of barriers. We hired a research corporation out of California that has done a lot of research for the VA on Gulf War illness, and they believe that they can determine through genetic research who's more susceptible to vaccine injury. It's all about the protein on the blood, and they have been able to achieve this for malaria. They know who's more susceptible to vaccine injury of the, or the malaria, I think it's a pill, not a vaccine, excuse me, and so they don't get that intervention those service members get a different intervention and can still be deployed to those areas that have a higher risk for malaria. Right. So we can do the same for anthrax. We can do the same for a lot of these antigens. We're just not doing it. And that's unfortunate. No, absolutely. That's, that's, the, that's a big struggle, right? That's, a, that's one of the biggest struggles. It's, it's like one of the things that I try to tell our, our, our community, right? One of the biggest things that I tell them is that you have to get interactive with your Congress where you live. You have to start reaching out to your representatives in your county of where you live. Start with the mayor. Move up to the governor. You know what I'm saying? Then talk, start talking to senators and state representatives. Every, every county 
in every state has a representative, state and senator. Reach mm-hmm. out to them. Being a veteran, they're going to want to listen to you because if they don't listen to you, you can make a big scene for them. And you can make them look very bad and just let everybody know that this guy refuses to sit down and talk with me as a veteran. As a guy, as someone who served this country, my own representative refuses to sit down and speak with me. If you start doing that and ruffling those feathers, oh, they'll stop and talk to you real fast because they don't need that, 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 that blemish on their record saying that they won't talk to a veteran. They don't want that blemish, right? They'll lie to your face. They'll keep lying to you. But you have to make your presence known. That you're serious about why you're fighting for what you're fighting for, you know, and Sarah, Sarah be able to tell you all about that. I mean, she's been in every battle, right? Back and forth. People calling you a liar. That's not true. You are full of it. There's no evidence. There's no this. And you just keep bringing it to them, showing them, look, look at this. Look at this. Here it is right here. Here it is right here. And it's like a broken record. And I'm, I know there are days that you're just like, I am just tired. I don't even want to fight today. Like, I don't want nothing to do today. Right. I don't want to fight today. You know, and so with this with this thing here, I understand that you probably need a lot of people to come with you. Right. Because we are stronger in numbers. We're stronger in numbers. And if there's a lot of us knocking on the door, say, hey, we we need to sit down and talk about this. We need to figure this out. Right. And I'm sure is there. Do you have an opportunity with your organization for people to come in and help volunteer with you or. Yeah, in fact, we're just putting together all of those volunteer positions now so that we can have a better understanding and the public can have a better understanding of our need. And we should have that on our website within the next couple of weeks. We definitely need volunteers, what we call it awareness ambassadors, individuals, either veterans or civilians that would like to go to different events, would like to speak out, whether that be on social media platforms or podcasts or at actual events to share the, their story, to share the word, to let them become aware of what we're trying to do at Operation True. We definitely need um, uh, more individuals that can help us with our social media platform. And there's several different uh, volunteer opportunities. Um, the thing about that is that not everyone is understanding of vaccines and or vaccine injuries and a lot of uh, the pushback we get, especially from our veteran community, is that they don't want to be involved because it looks bad for their organization, especially right. if they're getting funding from the U.S. government. And so it's it's been for every 20 doors that are closed, maybe one is open. And so we just keep, you know, reaching out and try to, to gain that partnership, try to gain those volunteers and what I found in the veteran community is extremely un- unfortunate is when I started this venture, I had actually had Operation Truth's name be Operation True Gulf War Illness Suffering Unite. Because I really wanted us as a community to unite and come together to fight these toxic exposures as one instead of each individual unit. And unfortunately, because of the funding, because of the way the, the nature of the beast is, they have us divided. And we can't unite and work together to get those bills passed, to get Congress to listen to us, to have our veteran community be understanding of all toxins involved in this um, Gulf War illness uh, entity. So unfortunately, I, I changed the name because um, no one was willing to work with us. And so I changed it to vaccination exposure research 
along with my team to determine, you know, that we wanted people to understand that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. We're not anti-vax. We're not pro-vax. We're pro-truth. We're pro-research. We're pro-informed consent. You can't have informed consent without research. No, you're and you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right because the research needs to be done, right? That's why there's so many people that stood up against this whole COVID vaccine. People are like, it's not enough research on this. Like you, you, you put a bunch of junk together and said, "Hey, this will help you fight COVID," and you're like, "Wait, wait, 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 what? Who, who's done research on this to see if this even works?" Right? So, so along with your journey, how have you, how have you been using cannabis to help with 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 what you're dealing with right now? Well, as soon as I got out of the military, I saw a newspaper article back in Washington State. It was October of 2008. It was a newspaper article stating that if you um, were seeking cannabis therapy, uh, come to this place and we'll give you a cannabis uh, medical card. And so the doctor that I went and seen was actually a gynecologist. And we spoke, and at that time, I was dealing with some pretty extreme um, gynecological pain and discomfort um, due to a condition called endometriosis and uh, many other um, painful conditions and chronic inflammation. And so she prescribed me medical cannabis back in 2008. And then when I moved to Texas, uh, because they are very much against it, I had to uh, withdraw from being a cannabis patient. And during that time frame, I had the worst uh, pain, discomfort, um, dealing with the VA. Um, I got a lot of critical diagnoses, but it, it was, I had to purchase my medicine on the black market. Um, I smoked a lot of what we called uh, Mexican ditch weed. <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of that and put it with the amazingly grown in California uh, bud and, you know, did my best to um, be a cannabis patient through that time period. But now, uh, since we've had so many amazing um, productions in cannabis uh, with the level of extraction and the ability to grow it, uh, all these different hybrids, it's become a challenge really understanding which strain is best right. for no absolutely and you know you know best of all man there's so many different strains out there now you're just like man i don't even know where to get started or what to do you know and it, and it, and it can be it can be disheartening especially for somebody that wants to try cannabis it's like i don't even know what i'm supposed to be doing but if you go to a dispensary ask them for the lab reports Pull up the lab reports. Let me see what kind of terpenes this thing has. Let me see what kind of cannabidiol it has. Does it have CBD in it? Does it have CBN? Does it have CBG? What is it? What does this flower have in it? And will it be medicinally benef Will it be beneficial for me to use this medicinally? Right. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people. I mean, it's overwhelming, if, especially if you're not educated at all on it. You. It, it becomes very overwhelming because you go to a dispensary. I don't know how it is there, but here in Oklahoma, a lot of it is. Oh, this has like 35% THC content. This has 28%. I was like, I don't care about the THC content. I want to know the terpene profile of this plant so I can see if it's going to benefit me for what I need treated, right? And so, and where, where are you currently at right now? Unfortunately, that's where it's at in Michigan. Because of okay. recreation, it's now recreational. It's all about the THC. 
It's all about the product. It's all about how can we get more money for this <laughs> product instead of how can we make a better product for our um, our uh, disabled community, you know, the, right. the chronic community. How can we help these patients? And I, I've, I've noticed a pattern from other states, and it'll. I'm, I'm hoping that Michigan will do the same. But once they go into recreational, it all changes until it balances back out to allow better benefits for our patient demographic. And so here in Michigan, it's all about the THC. And a lot of times dispensaries don't even have any high CBD products. And right. the bud tenders, a lot of the bud tenders really don't understand all of the elements in cannabis. So when you're asking them questions about terpenes, different CBDs, they have no idea. No idea. It's really about the labeling. And if we mm. can do everything as patients or veterans or cannabis community, is to get to those meetings and let them understand the importance of the labeling, of knowing the percentage of each one of these cannabinoids is not just the THC. Back in in Washington, and I, I, I'm not sure if they've changed the labels as of yet, they used to have a percentage. It was really easy to understand. 60% THC, 40% CBD. So you would know exactly, you know, what strain, what plant, what um, form of ingestion you would like to get. And especially when it comes to our edibles, what mm. most people don't understand when uh, how our edibles are processed in the body, when we have a high THC edible, that liver, our liver changes the THC nine to be a THC 11. And it is a stronger substance at that point. And that's why it's such a great product. But it's right. really difficult as a patient or anyone to understand just how that product is going to um, you know, intake into your body, how long it's going to last, how long it's going to take to work. And as a patient, that's where a lot of people prefer the smoking or inhalation method or in, there's... Um, also tinctures but for myself i have a lot of allergies so i have to make sure that the ingredients placed in these products aren't going to cause further damage so i like to get products where i i know what's in it i understand the labeling um, i go to a dispensary where their bud tenders know what they're doing and um when i go into a dispensary i ensure that i'm i i know what i want as a patient, um, due to my chronic multi-symptom illness, I have over 35 debilitating diagnosed medical conditions that cause over 60 different symptoms. And so I really have to have that whole plan, as most people do, in order to get the <laughs> right and all of those others. But what the extraction process does is it takes a lot of those terpenes out. So what we know about RSO and live resin, it has some of those in it still. That's why it's such an effective product. That's why the smoking the flower is such an effective product. But when you burn anything, you're getting those carcinogens. And so mm -hmm. you have to take that into account that maybe burning it through a water-based pipe to filter it in some way or vaporizing is going to mm -hmm. help you know, the addition on the lung capacity. And uh, so there's just so many other things as a patient to understand 
the endocannabinoid system and the, the CB1 and CB2 receptors where those are in the body, depending on which strain you should have. And it used to be back in the day before the hybrids, uh, it was an unwritten rule that sativas usually had higher THC and indicas had a higher CBD. So you'd be able to go and say, I would like an indica heavy strain, please. And you would more likely not be getting a heavy CBD product. But it's just not that way anymore with the way the hybrids are and the extraction process. So we really need to be out there as a cannabis patient community informing these manufacturers how important the labeling is and why we need more CBD products in our dispensaries. No, absolutely, and absolutely. And this is why I always vouch for Rafa 180 and what they're doing with the with the medicinal CBD that that they provide. It's a it's a you know it's a hospital grade CBD oil, and this is what one thing I tell people about is that when you're able to consume both CBD and THC together, it's almost like a euphoric feeling. You feel like a little kid again, man. You're not hurting anymore. Nothing's bothering you. Everything is perfect, right? No more body aches and pains, anxiety, depression. Everything's gone, and you're just like, wow this is what you're supposed to feel like. And you're like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to feel like, you know? And a lot of people are like, oh, just give me something with high THC. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. There's no medicinal. I said, is there a time and place where you can just get blazed and just not care for the rest of the night? Yeah, there's a time and a place for that, you know? But if you are wanting to function and be able to have medicine so you can function throughout the day, you've got to understand the terpene profiles. You've got to understand the makeup of CBD and THC and how they work in harmony together. And a lot of people, you know, and like I said, it's it's overwhelming. It is very overwhelming trying to understand a whole new process, right? It's not like a doctor, hey, try this pill, give it a couple of weeks, come back and let me know how it makes you feel, right? A lot of people are like, all right, doc, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Let's see if this thing's working or not. That's what he wants to know. He says, is it working? Is it not? So I can adjust the dosage, right? And that's what I love about Rafa 180 is that they are able, they do the same thing. You sit, they sit down and talk with you. Why are you wanting to try, try, try CBD? Why are you wanting to try cannabidiol? Well, this is what I'm dealing with. This, 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 and this. Hey, okay. I want you to start on this. Try this out for a couple of weeks. Give me a call back. Let me know how it's making you feel. Let me know how it's making you feel. And then I need, I, they, they'll adjust it for you just like a doctor. Do I need to give you more CBD or can I give you CBG? Or do we need to go a different angle completely? Or how do we, I, they need to know because everybody's body makeup is different, right? And it's like you said, with your vaccinations, everybody's body's different. Not everybody's body's the same, but their, their body's not going to consume it the same way, right? And so it's the same thing with THC. When you're consuming THC, everybody's body makeup is different. Some people, it takes them a lot more to get high, and some people, it only takes them just a very little bit, two milligrams, and they'll be stoned. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's the same type of makeup, and it, it's super confusing, right? It's super, it's super disheartening because it is overwhelming. It's very overwhelming to try to figure out how do I get started in doing this, right? But that's why I tell you guys, reach out to me. Reach out to Sarah. Reach out to the many guests that I have bring on the show, and I guarantee you, They'll sit down and say, hey, look, this is this is what I'm using. This is how I'm using it right now. This is what I found to be most beneficial for me. It's for me. It's my makeup. That's how I'm able to consume it. That's how it benefits me. It may not help you the same way it helps me, you know. And yeah. so with what, what you're doing, Sarah, is, is absolutely amazing. I mean, you're standing up. You're like, I'm done. I'm done with you guys. Like, I'm going to stand up and fight for my beliefs and what I believe in, right? And this is one of the biggest things. I mean, this is why I brought you, bringing you on the show is to 
tell your mission about what you're doing. And not only that, you're also a cannabis. You also consume cannabis because you have understood the medicinal benefits, right, of how it's helping you try to get through life, right? Yeah. I want patients to realize that there's life after chronic illness and it can be achieved using cannabis therapy. And that's how I'm able to longboard. That's how I'm able to go hiking. This is not every day. It might even be once every two weeks. But at least I'm able to get out and do something instead of just being bedridden like um, every other chronic multi-symptom illness patient out there. And it's unfortunate that because of the misinformation that our U.S. government has placed out there that we are seeing so many patients refuse this amazing plant product uh, because of fear and misinformation. No, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, man. So, hey, Sarah, we're getting close to the end of the show. What are the final words you want to tell the audience about about your mission and, and everything that's going on? How do you want to lead the audience? Well, if you're looking for some way to give back to our community, we are putting together a Veterans Day event here in Michigan locally and hopefully across the nation. On Veterans Day, we will be marching on the VA informing them of what needs to be changed for our Gulf War illness community, informing them that we do need this vaccine injury research, and we are not going to be silent. So if you'd like to join us, please go to operationtruth.net or send us an email at contact us at operationtruth.net. Either way, um, uh, reach out to us and we'll definitely give you a position to volunteer and help us gain those the critical funding to have this medical research that will not only just help our veteran community but our community as a global impact imagine what we can do with the data that we find from this critical vaccine in, injury research we could save countless amounts of, of lives throughout the globe no, absolutely. Absolutely, guys. And th- this is one of the amazing things. This is what I love about bringing on our family, right? She's a veteran just like us, dude. She has a mission. She has a cause. She found her purpose after serving our country. And this is the opportunity for you to go out there and help her, help her get spread the word and help her get out there. Like I tell you guys, and this, I'll have all her in contact information, how you can reach out to her organization, how you can become part of the team helping this amazing nonprofit, right? Because well, you guys already know, man, I, I deal with a lot of nonprofits. A lot of nonprofits are doing a lot of amazing things in our community, right? There's approximately 55,000 veteran nonprofits in our country. That's more than a thousand nonprofits in each state. I'm just saying that's a lot of freaking, and a lot of you guys don't even know about these amazing veteran nonprofits that are in each of our states, right? And so this is one of the amazing things for you, the opportunity for you guys to get out there and hey, donate a couple of dollars, dude. A couple of dollars goes a long way. If a couple of people donate two dollars, dude, it goes a long way and it helps with them to be able to conduct the research needed for this this kind of uh, misinformation that isn't being provided to us, to our community, to our nation, because this is bigger than just our community. It's over the nation. And she's trying to spread the truth across the nation to the nation right i like i said i'll have all her contact information down in the description box wherever you listen however you're listening wherever the description box is all her contact information will be there man also don't forget to go check out my amazing sponsor raffle 180 like i tell you guys providing you the best medicinal grade cbd on the market hands down 
I use it on a regular basis. It helps me get through the day. It helps. It's an anti- CBD is an anti-inflammatory. You guys have been listening to that on my Wednesday episodes. Anti-inflammatory. A lot of terpenes are anti-inflammatory, and we deal with a lot of inflammation. So go check them out to get all the medicinal needs. If you can't sleep, they have amazing products to help turn off that brain so you're able to get the rest that you need, man. Go over to Veteran Podcast Awards. Go vote for the number one Marine Corps podcast. I'm the number one Marine Corps podcast right now. Go over there and give me the votes. I need the votes to bring over to in order to bring in more awards so you guys can see these beautiful awards when I'm taping on YouTube, man. Sarah, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for your mission and your cause. I'm glad I can call you my sister. We've, we all signed that same dotted line saying we'll defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that's what we're doing right now. The fight is still here. We're still now we're having to fight domestic. We fought our foreign wars and now we're back on our homeland and we're having to fight a domestic war. And that's what we signed the dotted line for. Thank you so much, Sarah, for hanging out with us, man. Like I tell you guys on a regular basis, if you're going to consume cannabis, do it responsibly. Ensure you're understanding what you're taking, what you're consuming, and how you're ingesting it. Do it responsibly. And if you're scared, we understand. It's okay to be a little scared. But it's going to be, the medicinal benefits are phenomenal, man. Remember, guys, here at the Stone Vet, we got your six. When I say I got your six, that means I got your back. But what else would you expect coming from the Stone Vet? One, two, three, four for my country. I go hardcore. Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marine Corps. The Stone Vet. The Stone Vet. The Stone Vet.